As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dark Dark World contains strong language and depictions of sex, violence, and sexual violence. Please use discretion when listening to our episodes. Yeah, well, thanks. I came here thanks, to do. Joseph, thanks for restraining. Th- came here to for, do uh, things, make dungeons, and rape my daughter, and I'm all out of making dungeons. Hey, Jordy. Hey, bud. We are here in the dark, dark room, listeners. We're back, and we're going with a different vibe today. We're going to be talking about abductions and... My my greatest fear. Yeah, that's something that you've mentioned a few times on the show, and then certainly you and I have talked about it outside of the show, but you've said that it's really what yeah your greatest fear and i guess maybe a good way to start would be maybe we should define the kind of abductions we mean when we're talking abductions today we're talking thrown in a van and then thrown in a basement uh which i believe i've i've said before on this podcast but yeah the sort of Im- imprisonment constant rape basement living no daylight that sort of abduction and imprisonment a constant terror constant threat uh and just trying to survive hoping to survive not ever knowing what's going to become of you really yeah <sighs> yeah so you've said that you find it much darker and more troubling than even some of the most gnarly serial killers that we've talked about or that I've talked about in some of the narrative episodes. And why Why do you find it darker? It's not a competition. They're all terrible. This is, this is the dark, dark room. Uh, but 
at, at least in the the murders, you have death. In the abduction scenario, you don't even have you you have no you have dream of escape, and that's maybe it, you know. And that's that's doubtful even because generally these people are imprisoned and made to believe that any escape will be death. You know, if they even attempt, if they if they're too loud, they will be they will be killed. So it's it's yeah. the, it's the constant. It's, it's sort the of living, living in constant terror rather than big amount of terror and death. Right. So it, it doesn't have the finality that death brings. And so it's being in that terror moment before death, but Constantly. it's drawn out. Yeah, it's exactly. the, you're in this extended purgatory, mm-hmm. you know, sort of between life and death where you're yeah. just afraid of when it's going to come, how it's going to come. Uh, yeah. It's and, awful. Yeah. And so to, to consider that is is horrifying, and so this whole week, while I've been doing, it's considering it. Bad yeah. week over here. Rough week. We uh, decided to split some of the research on this one, and uh, I spent my week researching Gary Heidnick, who was in Philadelphia and committed most of his crimes. The crimes we're talking about today in the late eighties, eighty six, eighty seven, and you did Joseph Fritzl. Who was slightly earlier? Um, yes he he started his his terror reign in 1984, so so slightly earlier. Okay, chronologically, yeah, so sort of the same time. Yeah. Do you, you want to start with him? Yeah, let's let's start with Fritzl. All right, Josef Fritzl. I'm going to call him Joe Fritz from from here on. Um, monster of a man, demonic looking. Have you have you seen pictures of him? I've seen a couple. Yeah. Very demonic looking. And the picture that that comes to mind, I saw a documentary on him like a long time ago. and uh, About his abducting or about his engineering work? No, yeah, about his abducting. Apparently um, he was a great engineer. Something I found troubling, and I watched a lot of documentaries about him. Everyone praised his engineering and construction skills. Hmm. I guess to be... To be fair and have both sides, apparently great engineer. Okay. Terrible father, terrible man. He was obsessed with one of his younger daughters. He he and his wife, Rosemary, had a number of kids. He was obsessed with the youngest one, Elizabeth. And he was an abusive father. She was a troubled teen. Um, she ran away from home at least once. And then at age 18, he lured her into a basement prison which he had built and the way he did it was by asking for her help moving a door downstairs which she agreed to do move the door the door that would lock her in for the next 20 so years Mm. he chloroformed her threw in this dungeon and then well but so there were other people in the house, right? He's got a daughter, so there's there there's a wife there. Yeah, that's what's insane about it is there's a bunch of it's not just the the Fritzl family in the house. They also have boarders staying there almost all the time, sort of like an Airbnb. So it's a it's a full house and there's this dungeon downstairs as well. All right. Then he lures her down into uh well, that's kind of so. 
Meanwhile, I was researching Gary Heidnick, and this isn't too much after. In Heidnick had been married, gotten divorced. While he was married, he had been charged with spousal rape and had some issues there, and then obviously became divorced, uh, and had sort of become fed up with trying to find a relationship. The give and take of having a relationship with a woman was not something he wanted. He just wanted to have the take and just be able to have sex with a woman whenever he wanted, and he wanted to create lots of offspring. And so he was visiting prostitutes for a long time, but that didn't cut it after a while. So he he sort of gets gets it in his mind that he's going to have to imprison a wife and maybe multiple wives if he's going to have the kind of offspring that he wants to achieve. So his main goal was to reproduce? Not his main goal. He wanted to have a slave, essentially, a sex slave. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was part of it. He wanted to have babies. That's sort of uh, one of the more insane things about the the Fritzl case to me is it seems we try to make logic out of these insane people, but it seems very hard to imprison one person in a basement when your other family lives upstairs and you have Airbnb people and then to introduce babies into this situation yeah. seems so much more difficult. It, But I, I, I watched an interview with some woman that that was part of the power trip for him. Yeah. And was it the same for Heidnick? I think it was. I mean, that's his whole, his whole deal is a power trip and it gets progressively more intense. So when he decides that just visiting prostitutes isn't going to cut it, he ends up premeditatively building a dungeon in his house, in the basement of his house, just like Fritz. Uh, and he, his isn't really a, there's not much building that goes on. It's really just a basement. He's where not he's, a great engineer like Joseph Fritz. Not at all. And he builds a hole. He digs a hole in the bottom of the basement floor uh, a really small, almost like a foxhole, like you would think in you know Vietnam or World War II or something, and sets out to abduct his first victim, which was uh, her name was Josephina Rivera, and Heidnick goes out and solicits her for sex, and Josephina didn't typically like to go to the houses of her clients, but Heidnick was good with stories and coming up with reasons to need to get home. Was he a, a charmer? Not particularly. Not like a bundy. wasn't a charmer, but he was, I I think, a, a common enough presence in the area. This was in Philadelphia in sort of a red light district. And he frequented the sex workers. Yeah, he had been around. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, well, this guy's, you know, mm-hmm. relatively safe. Um, and he has not on this particular night, but he does have some some interesting ways that he gets these women to come with him. But anyway, Josephina was the first, and he takes her back to his house and pays her for sex, and they have sex. And it's actually when she's getting dressed, and, and he's already paid her, and it seems pretty innocuous that suddenly she's put in a headlock and passes out. And he takes her downstairs into this basement and 
shackles her up, shackles her ankles together and her wrists and puts her in that aforementioned foxhole and seals it with a just a, a wooden board and then a bunch of sandbags on top so that she can't press her way out of it. And this is really small. It's like she's in a fetal position trapped in the earth. So this is not even a room. No. She is in, she's in a, hole a hole in the bottom of a room. Holy shit. Yeah. And that is his first stage. This becomes kind of his MO. They start in this hole. And oh if the victims God. become more compliant, they can get out of the hole and move to a rubber mattress. If they continue to be compliant, they can move to a normal mattress. And that's about as good as it gets. You're on the normal mattress. You can also go back to a rubber mattress and go back into the hole, almost like in prison, you know, solitary confinement kind of thing. If you're misbehaving, you'll go back in the hole. And this becomes kind of his his game, you know, his his way of getting these women to comply. But the other levels of achievement, are those also in a basement, a de- like yeah, in all- an enclosed area it's all just this one basement room it's one room down the bottom's a crappy stairwell and they're just mattresses laid out on the floor there's some horrifying pictures of this place and the hole's just sort of off to the side of the room and you could get out of the hole and then just have one of these filthy you know bed bug infested mattresses on the floor that's your one aspiration yeah right and so Josephina becomes the first of six women that, that this will happen to. And oftentimes they were reluctant to return to the house and he would just come up with different stories. One time it was he had an ice cream cake and that was going to melt. Uh, so he had to get this ice cream cake home for his daughter's birthday. Uh, so can't you just come to my house before everyone comes over and just so it doesn't melt. Mine oh, kind of right. ice cream cake. Yeah. yeah, and he's got a daughter. And, mm-hmm. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but no, what's even weirder about it is that the ice cream cake was for one of the girls who's in prison downstairs. It's for her birthday. And because they had all been good lately, he was going to throw a birthday party for her. They all got to pick one item off of a Chinese takeout menu and eat this ice cream cake and have a party. And that's what this new woman gets brought home to. Is it festive time? Yeah, he walks her down in the basement and she sees this sort of party going on. And this this was, yeah, this was the best of times. So she's kind of like, oh, this is interesting. There's a party going on. And then she's choked out while she's distracted. Yeah, look, at, look at this cool ice cream party here in this basement. Yeah. What's kind of interesting about it is the ones that have been down there for a while now are trying to always remain compliant. You want to be good for Gary. Because that's what gets you rewards. That's why we're having a birthday party is because we've cooperated. And so uh, I can't remember which woman I'm talking about with the ice cream cake. That was That's how she was lured to the house. Sorry, I don't have her name. But when she comes into this situation, there's no warning signs. These girls aren't acting like, no, get out if you can. You know, There's nothing like that because, because they just want to be like good. Just let, let thumb, Ga- Thumbs up to Gary. Yeah, let Gary get this woman Look because the then he'll cake, be happy Gary, with us. Bro. And then it's less beatings and rapes for us to take. Now there's another one to take some of the burden off. He only has so much beating and raping energy. The more of us there are, the less happens to me individually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, six women this happens to in total and all learn to be compliant except for one named Deborah Dudley. And we'll get to Deborah uh, in a little bit here. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So you had mentioned that part of um, Heidnik's deal was procreating. Was that happening in this basement? No, he was he was raping all of the women that he had down there, but he did not end up with any offspring. Well, that's g- good, I guess. Yeah, this was a much shorter time than Fritzl's story. Um, so I'll give you the exact timeline here. Uh, the The amount of time that all six were down there at once was just six weeks. And from the first... Which was Josephine? Yeah, Josefina Rivera. Josephine. Okay, so he abducted Josefina Rivera on in November of 1986. And by January of 1987, he had kidnapped another four women. So he's got five by January, just a couple of months. And then it is... March 23rd, 1987, uh, that it all goes wrong for him. And then by March 24th, 1987, he's locked up. So we're talking November 86 to March 87. So just five months. He went at it hard and he went at it fast. He did. Uh, Fritz- a lot of a lot of anguish in those, those five months. Yeah. Fritz... Uh, went at it hard, went at it fast for for twenty years. So the the reason that Josef Fritzl invented for for Elizabeth's disappearance originally was that she had joined a cult, and he forced her to write a letter, and then he drove hundred miles away, so it was postmarked, you know, far away, and it. In the letter, it said, if someone tries to find me, I'll leave the country, so don't bother. And the police were just sort of okay with that. Um, And as time goes on and Fritz continues raping his daughter, more and more offspring are produced. Did you say how old Elizabeth was? She was 18 when when she carried that door down to the basement. Okay, so did any of these offspring grow to be an age? They grow to be an age where Fritz Fritzl is interested in procreating with them as well. No, he's only obsessed with Elizabeth. He just has an insane obsession. Before kidnapping her, he would read her diaries. Wouldn't allow her to hang out with boys or girl. I don't with anybody really. I don't. He was just extremely. Not protective. What's the rapey version of protective? He was 
he was just a villain, you know, that wouldn't allow her to have any sort of social life whatsoever. He was he was just obsessed with her for for whatever reason. But they produced seven children. One died very very soon after birth from lung failure. Uh, it was a, a child of incest, so obviously there's a lot of genetic sort of problems. In, in that s- sort of situation of incest, dungeon rape, Yosef, mm-hmm. he refused to, to take the child to a hospital, obviously for fear of getting caught, and essentially forced Elizabeth to watch this child die in front of her and then burned her in the furnace of the home. And then I think explained mm-hmm. it as cooking meat or it's not, and it's just... This, as you said, it's like an Airbnb in there. There's people around. He's burning it in the, the furnace. Mm-hmm. There are horrible smells. No, that didn't I, give off anything. Uh, I'm sure he said he was burning something else, not not his child. Yeah. Um, but then there were six others, three of whom ended up on the doorstep of of Yosef and. Rosemary's house and they raised as they the the children that came at the doorstep came with a note from Elizabeth saying I'm still in the cult I can't take care of this child please raise it and so they were certified by by Austrian government as 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 foster parents for these children and then the other three lived in the dungeon and the way he decided who was dungeon and who was upstairs was who was loudest. Whoever was loudest came upstairs because he didn't want a bunch of racket in the basement. Yeah, didn't want to be found out. Yeah. Well, there's a horrifying similarity that just came up as you were saying that, and it's going to lead me to one of the things that sets Heidnik apart as as one of these abductors and one of these dungeon house guys, is that he actually has some murderers under his belt in this this time period. He does end up killing a couple of these women. And his the first of his victims that he killed was Sandra Lindsay. And often when Heidnick would come down and do his beatings, he would sort of have the girls in a crucified position where they'd be dangling from shackles and he'd be sort of whipping them, raping them, doing horrible things. And so this was like a, a a double power trip. Not only they imprisoned, they're also chained up. In yeah, these- a lot of the time, yeah. Shackled to themselves and also shackled to parts of the wall and the ceiling. And he would beat them with objects. And at some point, Sandra Lindsay, or Sandy they called her, she ends up her lungs end up collapsing in on themselves from the beatings and just the anxiety and the horror and she just sort of drops dead and he wasn't expecting it but that's what happened and so now he has a dilemma he's got to get rid of a body and he goes to the conclusion he reaches is that he needs to dismember the body and so He's hacking up the body, and of course, because it's Heidnik, he fucks it up. Well, that, but he also has the girls do it for him because oh my God. that's how they can be compliant. That's how they can be good girls and get rewards. So he has the rest of these girls have to hack up this companion of theirs that's been going through this horrible thing with them. 
and they have to, you know, sort of do it in a compliant way so that they don't become the next one. And what Heidnik ends up doing is to get rid of the pieces of the body, he decides that he's going to need to cook it. And uh, he starts cooking the body on the stove, like cooking the ribs in a pan, and he's boiling Sandy's head in a pot, a pot of water. And this creates horrible smells throughout the neighborhood. And so neighbors are calling the police. Like there's this really eerie smell coming out. It doesn't smell right. Police come over to to Heidnick's house. And patrol officer comes around, starts looking in the windows and sees a pot boiling on the stove. And he's like, okay. And then knocks on the door. Heidnick comes to the door and explains that he was cooking a roast and fell asleep and overcooked it and burned a bunch of stuff. And the cop was like, oh, yeah, it happens all the time. Well, that makes sense. That's why it's, it smells and leaves. But then Heidnick, he needs to come up with a more uh, creative, sophisticated way of getting rid of Sandra's body. And for a while, this is just, here's another little insight into Heidnick's sickness. But these women didn't get fed much food. Sure, there would be the the odd party here and there, but really it was, you know, the kind of stuff like two slices of bread a day and some water, you know, that kind of thing. And the girls, they do have a TV down there and sometimes get to watch TV. And at one point, Heidnick overhears them having a conversation because they're seeing commercials for food and stuff. And one of the girls remarks that she's so hungry she would eat dog food. And from that point on, Heidnick just feeds them dog food, dog food sandwiches, just dog food from a can. Um, And... Okay. So he needs to come Dog up. food sandwiches. Yeah, put it between bread. So Heidnick has to come up with a more oh my God. sophisticated way of getting rid of these body parts. And so he begins mixing pieces of her body in with the dog food that he's feeding to the rest of his kidnapped victims down in the basement. At the Oh, my God. And their highest aspirations... They're eating dog food, yeah. but the dog food is people. Right. They need to. Oh, my God. And they have a pretty good idea that that's what they're eating. I mean, they've smelled the smell, and now it tastes yeah. like the smell. And But they still have to eat. They have to do it because otherwise they're they going to get. Yeah, I mean, it's just or horrific. I mean, this is what you're getting at. This is why this existence, this, if you can call it an existence, that's why this is so much, I mean, just kill me, you know. Mm-hmm. That kind of a mentality. Um, that is disgusting. It's so bad. Extremely disgusting. You want to know what's going on at Fritz's house? Oh, yeah. Take well, me away from dog food. So there's more kids, and they get a job. He hires them to scrape out dirt with their hands to make more room for more prisoners. Wait. Specifically, the kids that are still in the basement. Yes, and Elizabeth, they are. They get they get jobs from Fritz, but in the basement they stay in the basement. Oh yeah, Um, with their job is clawing dirt with their hands. Why pay them? Why not just make? Oh no, he doesn't pay them. Oh okay, it's so they're forced to do something. Yeah, forced labor. Just the way you put it seemed kind of like. Now that it was all known, like they were let out and doing jobs or something. Oh, no, no, they're all imprisoned. Um, 
forever. And so they're making room for more prisoner or for them to have more room. Um, and this keeps going until... So he fully intends to just keep making children with her. Yeah, that's that's part of his power trip is the more people you control, the more power you have, Some something like that. I believe I mentioned earlier what apparently he had said to a, a psychiatrist in the trial period. Because I was, I was very confused about all the, the reproduction. Again, because it seems problematic for keeping prisoners, to have more of them, to have babies, made up the dumbest lie that worked so well that daughters in a cult left another baby seems to happen once a year or so. He has these, his children. Are they his children? Yes. They're his children and his grandchildren scraping soil underneath underneath the house with their hands to make room for more prisoners. And what finally brings us to uh, an end is the eldest child, whose name is Kirsten, gets very, very sick as... I imagine they're all constantly sick all the time, living in a, a damp thing, basement full of mold, but so much so that she needs to be taken to a hospital. And for some reason, uh, Fritz allows this. He takes her, so many questions are asked. This person has no identification, no record whatsoever. Who's the mother? Oh, she's in a cult. Can you provide any more information about it? No, she's in a cult. She's missing. And then miraculously, he brings Elizabeth out to the hospital to try to corroborate the story. And then things fall apart pretty quickly. Like, this is this is very strange. We've never seen these symptoms of kidney. It, it was just because she'd never seen sunlight. She had no vitamin D whatsoever. It was, I believe, kidney fit, like all of, all of these things that just do not present themselves in anybody in actual life. Only someone that was living in a basement for their entire life could have these symptoms at a young age. So for whatever reason, if he thought it would make more sense to have the cult member Elizabeth show up, the mother of, of Kirsten, the, the very sick girl. He let her out and questions got asked very quickly. Like this, this actually now doesn't add up. We were okay with the children being left on the doorstep, her being in a cult, but now this is, this is very weird and things fall apart very quickly. He does get caught. I, I don't know that, that, matters after 24 years yeah. uh, of of imprisonment. What happened to him? What did the, what was the sentence, do you know? Well, it's Austria. Probably had to do, I don't know, road work or something. <laughs> well, what happened to Heidnik? Well, so he has the murder of Sandra Lindsay, and he, he does end up murdering another of the girls. And this one is Deborah, Deborah Dudley. She was actually the only one of his. She was the outspoken one. She was the outspoken one. She was the only one that refused to ever get compliant because 
according to some of the survivors, she she didn't want to lose that piece of personal dignity that she had, that she wasn't going to go along with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other girls admired her for it for a time, but then just be- became so like, why are you doing this? Yeah, you look know, at your reality. Yeah, and so what... As we've talked about, he had sort of a punishment and reward system. And so with Deborah, I mean, she never really got to see any of those rewards. She spent most of the time in that hole. When she was out of the hole, she was getting beaten and raped. And it's it's kind of interesting. Um, I'm actually crying. Oh, but As we've talked about, Heidnick had these, these sort of punishment reward games that he's playing. The girls pretty quickly like picked up on that and sort of modeled it within their own interactions to where they would sort of throw one another under the bus with Gary. They sort of snitch on each other and try to get in his good graces while making another look bad. And there was some of that, but sort of like the, the Stanford prison experiment. Yeah. And, um, Josephina, you know, she'd been there the longest and she had started sort of, assuming the role of the abuser for Gary. And it was sort of her own mind games that she starts to play with him that really come into play late in the story. So Josephina starts beating the girls and she claimed later after all of this that she was only doing it because she knew she would beat the girls a lot less vigorously than, than Gary would. And she did it gentler and made it seem like she was really harming them. But But why not just lie about it? Oh, because he, he was down there, too. He was down there watching. Mm. Yeah, he's always down there. She would just do it. Oh, I'll do it. And he'd watch her beat him. And Deborah, he, she's starting to become such a problem for him. And now he's had the police come to the house about the smell. And, you know, it's starting to become... He's getting nervous, I think. And he's also a sadist, clearly. And he thinks... He decides he needs to come up with something more intense for, for Deborah. And so he puts her down in the hole and fills it with water with her and then starts running electricity through her shackles into this water pit. Um, And what he does is he has Josephina, because she's kind of become his little ringleader, he has her actually doing the electrocuting. He's, He's set it all in motion. He's filled it up, and he's like, okay, you do this for me. And she did it. And from the accounts that I sort of looked at, Heidnick was pretty okay with killing her. This is what he wanted. He wanted Deborah to die. Mm -hmm. And I don't think from what I read that Josephina really thought that that would happen. I think she thought it would suck and hurt really bad, but you know, this is what happens down there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think she thought that Deborah was going to die, but Deborah did die. She died from the electrocution. So more writing now. Heidnick has Josefina write out that Gary Heidnick and Josefina Rivera murdered Deborah Dudley. We electrocuted her and writes the whole thing out, everything that happened. And then he has, he signs it and he has Josefina sign it. And this is just more of his, his control. You know, he's saying, okay, look, well, if you ever turn me in, you're turning yourself in too. Like, we're both yeah. going to go down for this. Mm-hmm. Almost right after this happens, he he takes Josephina's chains off. He unshackles her, lets her out, and has her come upstairs with him and move Deborah's body upstairs 
and they put it in the freezer for a while while he kind of comes up with a game plan for getting rid of the body. He's not going to do it okay. the same He's way. doing the opposite, freezing. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is Josephina and Gary load Deborah's body into his car, and they drive her out to the forest, and they bury her. They dig a hole, bury, bury her body. And Heidnick now believes that he's finally broken at least Josefina, if not all of the other girls, but at least Josefina, because she's the one helping him do most of the mm-hmm. stuff. She's been there the longest. She's tied to these crimes with him now. Right. right? The, she's she's the, electrocuted someone. She's buried someone. She's she's his right hand man, sort of. I, I mean, the executioner of 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 his plans. Right. Yes. Uh, so well, Gary has now had Josefina so, kill someone for him, the way he sees it sign a confession letter with him and help him bury the body. He feels like he's got her completely broken under his spell. He can, he can trust her, for lack of a better term. He's, he's controlled her to the point where she'll do whatever. And he's not worried about her anymore. So he's, he wants to take her out with him now that he's let her out. He wants her to come with him and help him get another girl, kidnap another girl. And she says, I'll do that with you. If you let me see my family, maybe she's the master manipulator. Maybe she's the one who's been playing him all along. I guess he just believed that he was his. He was so the man. He was so like she would. She would never turn on him. He he thought that he broke her. He thought that she was his now, and she would never turn on him. And he was that confident. And he thought he had the bonus of well, she would never risk it because she'll get in trouble too. And I guess he's feeling so confident. He says, yeah, I'll make that deal with you. So they go out cruising around Philly looking for a new victim. And Josephina spots another working girl from the streets that she knows, Agnes Adams, and tells her, oh, come along with us. Uh, you know, this guy's good. He'll pay you really well. And he's got a cool house you can check out. And Agnes trusts Josephina. So it's a pretty easy abduction scenario. Josephina doesn't have to put much effort into it. Hyde Nick's impressed. They get... Agnes back to the house, chain her up, or throw her in the hole, actually. And uh, Josephina's lived up to her end of the bargain. He's feeling cocky, he's confident, he takes her to see her family, and he drops her off and he goes back home. She's free on the streets. And she walks a block away and calls the police and says, hurry, you've got to get to this house. Gives him the address, says, you've got to get there. If you don't come soon, if I'm not back soon, he's going to murder the rest of these girls that are down in this basement. He's had us down there. Get there. They send a car over to pick her up, and they see that she's been shackled. Clearly, she's got sores, and it seems like her story checks out, and they drive her over to the house, and Gary's still in his car, like getting out, and they pop him. They arrest him. They go down. And uh, uncover his house of horrors, and then Josephina takes them to the forest. They dig up the body, and so it, I mean, is Josephina found? Oh yeah, she's exonerated of all charges. Yeah, she. All the other girls down there attest to the fact. Well, even not ones that have been there. beaten by her say, yeah. that in this situation, that was yeah, he made her the dead. least worst thing that she could do. Yeah. I don't know that all of the survivors have have spoken and been interviewed afterwards, but Josefina has talked extensively. Uh, you can watch some of her stuff on YouTube and look her up. Hear some of some of the firsthand accounts, but um, yeah, man, just such a such a bummer of a story. Like this, researching this one is really what got me to understand 
I mean, I've understood logically when you would talk about it, like, you know, abduction is, is so much worse, mm-hmm. but I didn't really make that connection. Like yes. I didn't feel it on sort of a visceral level, but mm-hmm. when I learned about Heidnik, I was like, I get it. Um, can I read you a, a quote from Josef Fritzl? Please do. This is something he said to make him seem like less of a monster. This is something he said in, in, in a, a courtroom. I was born to rape and I held myself back for a relatively long time. I could have behaved a lot worse than locking up my daughter. Born to rape. What a gross like aspiration. I was born to rape. I'm sorry. Could have done worse. I'm a raper. That's <laughs> what I do, man. Yeah, well, thanks. I came here thanks, to do... Joseph. Thanks for restraining. I Th- came here to for, do uh, things, make dungeons and rape my daughter, and I'm all out of making dungeons. And Elizabeth, you said, hasn't spoken about this publicly, or or at least maybe she has once or so, but um, not, she's not doing any docs anytime. She's not doing any docs. She uh, and her mother actually do have a relationship, and she has a relation... Uh, the, um, the, the oldest daughter who brought this whole dungeon of cards tumbling down. Uh, Kirsten is fine, and she and uh, Kristen live together. But, you know, they're, they're private. They don't, they don't do docs. They don't, they don't speak of it. Yeah. I think they're just trying to forget as much as they can or not for, I don't I don't I don't know what one does after something like this no, forget I, I, remember I I don't know survive just they yeah. they try to keep surviving Heidnik was charged with kidnapping rape battery it's first degree murder that got him sentenced to death and he was executed in 99 so. Oh he was the he was the final person in Pennsylvania to be executed Oh is that right Yeah Oh okay yeah, yeah. Um, and well, I think they, they, they ended on a good one. I agree. Um, yeah, I don't know what our official stance on the death penalty is, but, um, I go back and forth with it. I'm generally against, but when they read stories like this, I don't don't see a reason for this gentleman to be alive. Yeah. Brief research. I was, I thought Austrian law was a little more lax than it is. Fritzl's got life in prison, not not just road work. He's got no chance of parole. And let's hope he let's hope he has a bad time in there. Um yeah, I'm generally against the death penalty, but when, when like I talked about the death penalty in the Taco Bell robbery episode that I did, um, when the father of Michelle Van Ness had talked about not being satisfied with life in prison for those boys. And wanting wanting the death penalty, uh, I mentioned that I am like generally pretty against it. But it's hard to read stories like this and not just be like, "Oh, that makes sense that they're killing him." Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. You know, I think the ultimate one is suddenly, "Well, what if this happened to my kid? What if this happened to my family?" It's so easy to think, oh, "I guess I probably would want the most intense possible thing that could happen." Um, I don't know. Reading this, I guess what I'm trying to say is studying Heidnik. I just felt like, okay, if anyone's going to get killed, he's a good one. Same with Lawrence Bittaker, my first episode. Like, that's a guy I'd be good with with the death penalty too. Uh, but he's in California, so he's still going. Yeah, I don't. I 
it doesn't undo the things that they've done. Yeah, I, I not just, at all. I just you're just like it's just it's more of like a you piece of shit, fucking die like that kind of thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like just like it, a, I just I wish the worst for him. Right. That's that's I I don't know that that's the death penalty. Um, I just I I truly wish the worst. I hope a lot of bad things happen, like annoying bad like splinters all the time. You know that turn into infections, just annoying sure. bad things constantly. Hangnails. So, but what's interesting about this, or sort of arriving at here accidentally, is you for one, and and maybe me too, are saying that. These sort of intense abductions, these guys we've discussed here, Ariel Castro more recently, like these sort of things are maybe worse than murder. So maybe what's the worst punishment you can have if the worst crime is this sort of abduction and imprisonment? Is it life in prison, maybe? Um, You know what I mean? It's interesting because you think, well, Fritzl got life in prison. He didn't kill anybody. Heidnick got the death penalty because he murdered. If he ha- if none of those girls had died, he probably wouldn't have gotten the death penalty, right? Fritz but that's not even really the second third degree murdered, allowing that child to die. But you know, if Heidnick doesn't have any murder, if if he doesn't end up killing those women, I don't think he would get the death penalty. Even though psychologically and and maybe physically too, the, the worst things that he did were not those two murders. Some of the stuff I described in here, and I haven't even gone into all the details. I mean, there are some awful details about the Heidnick house that are I just didn't see the point of talking about here. But oh yeah, and in the Fritzl cases, there's there's so much horrific reality in yeah. the in in the dark dark world. But yeah, so I don't, sort of I, ironic. I don't, like certainly our legal. What I'm getting at is certainly our legal system doesn't see abduction and this sort of horrific kidnapping circumstances to be as bad as murder. Well, I I don't I don't know that there's an applicable punishment. It would have to be something. We, it would have to be worse than death. You know. Tor- yeah, but torture saying, of some if, sort. If death is what we're saying is the worst. The furthest you can push the envelope, but I think and they're not I assigning think we've that for agreed kidnapping. After talking about these things, that death is not the worst. That imprisonment and torture so ongoing guess, yeah. is the worst. Solitary without, confinement, maybe. Yeah, with having no idea what's happening or when. Yeah, an actual hole, like um, yes, the Heidnick house. Hole. Exactly, you go exactly in your same the hole you built. That'd be the dream. Carry your own door down there. Yeah. Yeah, just another. Happy topic here in the dark, dark, dark room. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, well, I had a bit of a tear. I'm fine now. We've discussed some of the worst things I've ever heard of. Um, so yeah, I'd count it as a success.
I agree that this is this is some of the worst stuff I've researched yeah. for sure. Um, do you find it more difficult to talk about this with me with a person rather when you do the narratives by yourself and you're able to process it in time? We're in this situation where we're having a conversation where we're learning about horrific instances. Yeah, I was thinking about that while we were doing it. And this is sort of a unique experience because we were taking turns sort of teaching each other about someone. And when I've done the narrative episode, sometimes it's worse because just being in it with someone, like when we do the Dark Dark Room, even when we've gotten on the heavier topics, it's just a little easier to sort of, you know, it's sort of like we're in this together and it, it... it's harder to go as self-reflective and as deep with it for me. But when I've done the narrative episodes, not all of them, but some of them, like in particular the the Toolbox Killers and Luis Garavito, those are tough sometimes and I have to take little breaks because they're so rough. And just some of the, the details that I do choose to touch on are hard for me. But this doing High Nick or Fritzl in the narrative format like that, I think would have been really upsetting because I think I would have gone into more detail. And But at the same time, tonight was sort of unique because I'm learning some of the stuff for the first time when you're saying it to me, you know, about mm-hmm. Fritzl. With Heidnik, I did my own, my own research and got to process it on my own and then tell you about it. And some of that you heard for the first time. Yeah. And so when I was hearing some of the Fritzl stuff, in particular, I, I don't know why, but just the the carrying the door downstairs that would ultimately entomb Elizabeth helping to build her own prison. Just stuff like that, like hearing it for the first time and, and processing it is just, I don't know, it makes you glad that, <laughs> that there's some time before it's your turn to talk again so you can just kind of process. But yeah, I don't know. They're both, off. I mean, it, it's hard to talk about this stuff. It's It's... I regularly have little conversations with myself about why we're doing this, what the right way to do it is. and um, So th- we had originally both researched two topics of, yeah, a of, 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 ab- of abduction, and we, we didn't get to um, half of them. But another Austrian woman, Natasha Kampusch, hope I pronounced that correctly, has spoken out against the media after after her escape and she was abducted by someone. She was yeah, a stranger, um a, just thrown in a van, thrown in a basement. Um so she's written a book and there's also a, a documentary which is mostly just an interview with with her, it's called uh, 3,096 Days. In, in in this documentary, she addresses how the media treated her afterwards, that they wanted her story to be of child pornography rings, of sadomasochism, and she wouldn't, she, she wouldn't admit to having been raped for a long time because she didn't want to be seen as a victim. She wanted to move on with her life and not be just that famous basement 
victim, you know, yeah. uh, for the rest of her life. And I think that it's a it's a very very fascinating. It's very fascinating to hear her speak about it, uh, and it it didn't make me feel good. But she said something about her abductor, which was that he must have some sort of injury or illness that forced him to do this, that he, just as she was stuck in this dungeon, he was stuck in a place where he had to kidnap someone. And, and she happened to be that, that someone. Hmm. And I, I, it's, it's so charitable. It is charitable. And, and so she, she's been accused of having like Stockholm's and, and she, she finds that very insulting, which which I understand. She I, finds it insulting that, that people, people think she has Stockholm syndrome. Yes, um, it's something I'd like to to speak about with you because the way she mentions that, as horrific as her case was, the media wanted it to be more horrific. That they wanted it to be a child pornography. People want whatever is worse that titillates them, and that's what we're doing. And here. Here, here on the in here on the podcast, but and and I I think this question comes up every time now. Are we are we doing good? Yeah, I I don't know that we're doing good. Um, but I think we just have to try and be respectful and mindful of the things that we're talking about and understand when sensationalism comes in and try try to veer away from that and understand when there's a place for joking when there's not and I think so far we've done a pretty good job of that and I find value in these talks um you know the, the thing I've said all along is that I think it's important to know these stories and sometimes know the details so that we know what people are capable of and uh it's just another way of understanding the human condition and some of the darker aspects of it. But it's easy to sensationalize. It's easy to take too far and it's easy to get on the wrong track with how we break things down, how we discuss them. Um, but I think for the most part, we're, we're doing okay. We're staying in our lane and figuring out what our lane is as we go. But, you know, that said... I think maybe we'd like to revisit abductions in the future, maybe do a little more abductions talk, maybe a part two, part three. There are certainly more to get to, but it's certainly not going to be a, oh, next week we'll be back with some more abductions. It might just be something we sprinkle in from a, time to time. I had to have a hug from Jordan in between topics, and That's I true. hate human contact. We we went out for a little smoke break, and Ed needed some some love after that. We had to take a few breaks tonight. Yeah. I'm disgusted by by human contact and just just needed a hug. Yeah, abduction. You're more disgusted by abduction, so you were sent into the disgusting arms of human no. contact. No, they were they were fine. Um, so I believe this was the the darkest the room has gotten for me. Yeah, I think it was was worth delving into. Thank you for going there with me. Yeah, anytime, bud. It opened my eyes a lot. I I wasn't quite sure I understood what was so troubling to you about abductions before we did some of our own research, and now I'm right there with you. And It sort of opened up a whole new door within the dark, dark room 
for me. You know, it's opened up a dark, dark corridor, which I, you know, I don't know if it's the right way to say it, to say I'd like to explore some more, but I'm interested to explore some more. And maybe we'll be back with some more of this, some some more abductions talks. I feel, unfortunately, we have to revisit it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. But that's all we got for tonight, folks. So thanks for tuning in. And we're sorry. (laughs) And we're sorry to put you through the ringer like this. Um, We could have done worse, in the words of of Fritz. Yeah. We're born to podcast, and we had to give you something. But we do have a new dark, dark individual among us, a new patron on the Patreon account, www.patreon.com slash darkdarkworld. You can join the Dark Dark Individuals and get blooper reels and prioritize questions for the Q&A. And Melanie Rintmore is our newest Dark Dark Individual. Thank you so much, Melanie. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, It helps more than you know. So thank you for coming over and joining our, our team. So we'll be back again soon. We'll have some narrative episodes for you. We'll have some some more dark, dark room. We've got a Waco trip coming up. Oh, I am trying to go to Ruby Ridge right before you guys go to Waco so we can have a good chronology of the government attacking people. <laughs> of government attacking people field reporting? Yes. The problem years is... On. It's 26 years on. Uh, impossible to get to Ruby Ridge via orbits. Uh, so if any listener has a route, the closest thing I've got is fly to Spokane, rent a car, drive through the woods, hope for the best. So if someone has a better idea than that, I'd love to hear it. Well, who are you trying to make contact with? What, what are you going to do up there? Like, is the house still there? I don't know. What do you do? I, same same stuff as Waco. Yeah, but we're establishing contact. We'll talk about it off mic. Sounds like a good idea. Though. Ah, forget it. Hey, Jordy, it's Eddie. Um, I got my Ruby Ridge uh, travel plans all figured out. It actually wasn't that that difficult. Um, so I'm flying to Seattle Friday evening. I arrive at around 10 p.m., and then I'm just going to hang out at the airport for a couple hours and rent a car so it's the next day. Um, so I'll be leaving Seattle around midnight. I think it's like 400 miles to Naples, Idaho, uh, which is around six hours. So I'll be there around six. And then I was going to just talk to some locals and try to find uh, the Weaver compound. Apparently Ruby Ridge is not the name of a city or town or anything in it might not even be its own ridge it might be a part of caribou ridge but i'll find all all that stuff out when i'm there um the place i'm staying is called the uh 
Gold Bar Ranch Resort Lodge. And I read a Yelp review. Uh, this woman, her grandfather stayed there. And uh, his two cats were uh, shot in front of him by a, a man named Larry. So when I called the the ranch, I asked if Larry was still around because I thought he would be interesting to talk to just about some of the gun stuff we've been talking about. Uh, she said he is around. I don't... This sounds dumb, but like I was wondering like if you think I should take like a fake cat or something to lure him out. Um, but she he's around. Um, and so... Yeah, if I can get Larry and then just some of the locals, I think that will be totally, totally worth doing the trip. Um, so the total expenses... Oh, I have to get a four-wheel drive car, she said, because it's snowing there and uh, you can't really access the mountain. So it, the the final price is a little higher than what I told you. It's going to be, I think, 475 ish total. Um, oh, also, there, the internet doesn't work there after 8 p.m., she said. And landline, the like the hotel room phone, uh, is for local calls only, and they don't have cell service. So I'll be out of touch for that whole weekend. But I think it'll be totally, totally worth it. Um, yeah, let me know if that four seventy five number is okay, and I will talk to you later. Give me a call back if you have any questions. Love you, bud. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.